Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, YA is sponsored by the Book Riot Insiders. Are you struggling to keep up with the latest releases? Want to keep an eye on what's coming out in the next few months for work or for your own personal pre-ordering needs? If you need help turbocharging your TBR, then the Book Riot Insiders is here for you. Our new release index, available at the novel level for just $5 a month, is curated by resident Reader Liberty Hardy from the All the Books podcast. She keeps track of the most exciting books, pre-publications so that you can browse them, know when your favorite author's next novel hits stores, or you can find your next favorite reads. Go to insiders.bookriot.com to sign up. Welcome to Hey YA, from great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book right podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith. We're recording on Friday, March 15th, 2019, known as the Ides of March. And hey, Eric, did you know we are name dropped in four? We were. Get out of here. We were. I know. Believe it or not, we were. Um, that all said, let's let's kick it off. Let's let's get this Friday podcast talk going. Uh, how are you doing? What have you been reading? I'm pretty good. I'm a little tired. Uh, baby <laughs> and work have been uh, taking up a lot of time lately. So I've been trying to dig into things like in between work and baby. Um, I got sent an early copy of Hungry Hearts, which is a mm. new anthology edited by Elise Chapman and Caroline Tongue Richmond. Um, so it has uh, 13 YA authors writing about characters and their various experiences surrounding food. Uh, and all the stories connect in really clever ways, which I really love when anthologies are able to do that. Um, it's probably not a book to read when you're hungry and say a small no. toddler is stopping you from eating anything and keeping you trapped on the couch, but I love it quite a bit. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of great anthologies hitting the next few months that are worth getting hyped up about. Um, I had a writing day with uh, Catherine Locke not too long ago, uh, and their upcoming collection with Laura Silverman, uh, it's called The Whole Spiel, uh, and it's really on the top of my like most anticipated list. I wanted to steal the arc when I saw it sitting on the coffee table. Um, it's this collection of YA short stories in a book with Jewish protagonists, uh, and David Levithan, Alex London, Dahlia Adler, so many stars are in it. Um, and I think this is like my year for reading anthologies. Uh, he typed in the show notes while his toddler runs across the living room with a set of jingle bells. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so like easy to digest short pieces are working uh, really well for me. And, and Hungry Hearts is really great. I'm a big fan of it so far. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, and I started reading this one book pretty much immediately as soon as it showed up. Um, but I haven't gotten terribly far yet. It's uh, Misa Segura's uh, This Time Will Be Different. I really loved uh, Not Like It's a Secret, 
Uh, and this book digs into the story of a family who decides to sell their family flower shop uh, to a family who swindled their family uh, when Japanese Americans were sent to internment camps during World War II. Uh, not out until June, um, which is when I'll probably actually be able to finish it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm already really into it. I'm excited. Um, yeah, her first book was great. Psyched to read the second book. What about you? What's your list looking like? I uh, I really want to read Hungry Hearts too. I I didn't realize this until I guess last year. I don't know why it took me so long to realize this, but I really love food books, um, mm-hmm. like especially like food memoirs and stories that um, center around food in some capacity. So this anthology is definitely on my radar as well. Um, I've been actually reading a lot of adult books since our last podcast. Um, I started doing a monthly, um, hosting. Let me, let me rephrase that so that it's like logical. Um, I've started co-hosting all the books with Liberty, uh, who I mentioned in the pre-roll, uh, once a month, which means I'm reading a lot more non-way stuff, which is something I like doing anyway. But, um, it also means that sometimes when we come to record, I'm like, oh, I've read like one YA book, uh, in the last couple of weeks, which for me is, is pretty slow, but, um, I, I blew through The Weight of Our Sky by Hannah A. Alcalf. Um, I read that last weekend, and it's it's a book set in Kuala Lumpur during the uprising of May 13th, 1969, when um, Malay and Chinese residents were in conflict with one another following an election. And um, it's a, a book about a historic moment that I knew nothing about, but is a huge, huge historical deal and I was really fascinated with how this was written into a YA book. Um, totally different. But the thing that really captivated me throughout this was that the main character, Miladi, uh, struggles with OCD and the way that the OCD is depicted in this book is so, so good. Um, and it looks to at sort of Muslim beliefs at the time about how mental illness works. And it's, it's a short little book. I want to say it was like 250 pages, but it sure packed a lot. Um, and then I also read through, uh, Samantha Schultz's, I don't want to be crazy, which came out in 2006, but it's being re-released this month. I think the 26th of this month, maybe. Um, it's Schultz's memoir about having an anxiety disorder, which began her senior year of high school and followed her throughout college. And I thought it was kind of fun to read a book set prior to 2006 because there were all kinds of references to like CDs and music and like all these cultural moments that are definitely dated now, but you know, it's her memoir. So like it, it doesn't feel like it's nostalgia. Um, there were a couple of things in there that I wish had been changed. Like some of the language in there is definitely dated, but, uh, as a whole, it's, it's a book that I think will really, really resonate with anyone who, um, likes reading about mental health or has had a mental illness experience themselves. And then, uh, I'm going to really quick talk about one of the adult books I read was David Cullen's Parkland, Mm. which, uh, um, like doesn't, seem like one that would be worth talking about on a YA podcast, but it is because um, I don't know if you've read Columbine, which was his first oh, book. Yes. Um, really, really difficult book, but really, really well done. Um, so this one, when Colin got the call to um, speak about this tragedy, he was like, I can't write about this anymore. Like I have become the unwilling uh, 
expert on school shootings. And so what he wanted to do instead was write a book about the survivors and the kids behind the March for Our Lives. Uh, so this book follows those teenagers instead of um, the the shooter, anything that happened. Like that's only mentioned to sort of give context. Otherwise, it's all focused on how these teenagers really started this massive movement. Um, and it does so in a way that the mainstream media has totally not highlighted. Um, I was particularly moved in there. They talk about how the um, March for Our Lives kids realized how much criticism they were getting for really focusing on school shootings, which are typically a white privileged kid problem. Um, not always, but that's what the media latches onto. And they decided that they needed to learn more about what it's like to deal with regular gun violence when you live in a city that's struggling with gun violence. So they teamed up with a couple of groups in Chicago to learn about that and uh, worked with them. But that's stuff that we never saw in the mainstream media. And Colin really sort of gives that full picture. And uh, just was a really, really smart and powerful book that I think any person who cares about teenagers should pick up and read. It's it's one that is going to give you more hope than it's going to give you like anxiety or fear. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I've I've been in terms of reading a little bit everywhere. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, no, that's a good list. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to Chicago tonight to see uh, Lori Hall Sanderson. She's in town for Shout. So I'm like, I'm super excited to not only hear her because she's an excellent, excellent speaker, but that's like almost four hours I have by myself on the train today to read, Ooh. which I'm super looking forward to. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Yeah. So uh, let's let's hit our first sponsor and then dive into our, our show, which has a lot of uh, interesting themes that are carried throughout, I guess, yeah. is the best way to describe it, right? Uh, so our first sponsor is The Iliad by Gareth Hines. More than 3,000 years ago, two armies faced each other in an epic battle that rewrote history and came to be known as the Trojan War. The Iliad, Homer's legendary account of this nine-year ordeal, is considered the greatest war story of all time and one of the most important works of Western literature. In this stunning graphic novel adaptation, a thoroughly researched and artfully rendered masterwork, renowned illustrator Gareth Hines captures all the grim glory of Homer's epic. Dynamic illustrations take readers directly to the plains of Troy, into the battle itself, and lay bare the complex emotions of men, women, and gods who were whose struggles fueled the war and determined its outcome. It's a companion novel to Gareth Hines' The Odyssey. It contains maps, a cast of characters, and an author's note, and the book has received two advanced praise blurbs from well-known authors. Uh, the first one's from Jean Luen Yang, who says, This is no mere comics adaptation of an ancient classic. Through his intri intricately illustrated panels, Gareth Hines brings the, us the Iliad's deep, brutal, and powerful story, a Herculean effort worthy of the original. And the next blurb is from George O'Connell, who is an author of the New York Times best-selling Olympian series, who says that Gareth Hines has created a work of such scope and power that it boggles my mind. It truly lives up to the, dare I say, epic scale of the original poem. And that is The Iliad by Gareth Hines. And I'm so glad this is our title sponsor because the topic we're talking about today is um, adaptations and retellings Hooray. in YA. 
Oh, so how serendipitous. I love it. Right. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Um, this came out this week, but Gareth Hines is doing the graphic novel adaptation of Graceling. Oh, wow. So we're going to see, he's done some YA work already, but we're going to see more and more, which should be um, putting his name on the radar of more YA people, I think. YA adaptation of Graceland. All right. I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to start? Do you want to talk about, like, well, I guess I guess we should back up. Um, we've talked, like, around this topic a lot in in our podcast, and then we said we would talk about it at some point, and then finally uh, a commenter said, when are you guys going to talk about this? So <laughs> now we're doing it. Like we've been called out. We have, we have. And I love my adaptation stories. It's such a fun mm-hmm. way to uh, explore an old story, give it new life, um, to take like a trope we see again and again and again and, and make it new. Maybe it's putting a fairy tale in space. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's uh, giving us the other side of a character that's been, um, you know, given a bad rep. Uh, in a book. Uh, yeah, and I'm excited to, to, to talk about a couple of them. Yeah, me too. Uh, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, well, one I want to talk about, um, I, we've brought up a couple of times, um, uh, gushing about her world-building practices. And so I just want to make sure everybody checks out uh, C.J. Redwine's uh, best-selling Ravenspire series. Um, there are four books in it so far, and I'm... I'm positive she's going to be writing more. Like, there's just so much to explore, and they're doing so well. Um, there's the Shadow Queen, the Wish Granter, the Traitor Prince, and the Blood Spell. Um, they're all standalone books in the same retelling universe, I guess. It's a retelling universe, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Retelling Snow White, Rumpelstiltskid, uh, the False Prince, and Cinderella. Although, the Traitor Prince, it, like, retells the False Prince, but there's also, like, bits of, like... Um, the Prince of the Pauper in there too. Um, there's a little, little, lots of things blended in there. Um, mm-hmm. I won't dig into them all individually because they're all just a delight, and you can really start anywhere. Um, though if you read them in order, there are like Easter eggs, like s- sort of scattered about here and there that'll uh, remind you of the earlier books. Um, and that is the uh, the Ravenspire series by C.J. Redwine. I haven't read any of those, and I really need to. Oh yeah, Shadow Queen. I don't know. Maybe is a wish granter, but. I- yeah, maybe start with Shadow Queen. Shadow Queen's really good. <laughs> um, my first one is uh, an oldie but a goodie. It's Anna Sheehan's A Long, Long Sleep. It is Sleeping Beauty sci-fi style. Uh, and it follows a girl named Rosalinda who's been asleep for about 60 years, and she's awakened by a kiss. But uh, when she was put into this stasis where she was asleep, um, she was only meant to stay there for a little while. But then she was lost somehow and mm. forgotten in the interim happens you know uh so when she's awakened the world is completely different and she finds herself suddenly uh without her family without her friends without anybody that she recognizes um because of the dark times that have happened and so when she emerges she she learns that she is the long lost heir to this new interplanetary empire but uh of course she's like well what do i do i don't know anybody here like this is all new to me um and so she really struggles with how she goes on. And then, of course, what happens if she happens to fall in love with the boy whose kiss is what made her wake up? Uh, it's a clever retelling and one that I, I totally fell in love with uh, when I read. And that is uh, A Long, Long Sleep by Anna Sheehan. All right. Yeah, I have not read that one. 
Um, let's see. My next one is uh, Hunted by Megan Spooner. Um, this one springs to mind because uh, the week the show drops, uh, the latest novel from Megan Spooner will uh, drop as well. And I'll more on that in a second. Uh, so Hunted is a uh, reimagining of Beauty and the Beast. And in it, Beauty is this uh, huntress, uh, daughter of a fame, famed hunter. And when he goes missing in the woods... Uh, where the creature he's been obsessed with uh, his entire life is, um, she'll have to go in there and save him, hunt the beast. Lots of things are happening. There's a hidden castle. You know, it starts to pull into the Beauty and the Beast story uh, eventually, but she is she is out to get him. Uh, and it pulls from Russian folklore and fairy tales and makes for a pretty riveting read. I uh, I really like Megan Spooner's books. They are, they are huge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh and I'm really excited about her next one uh, called Sherwood, um, but I'm not sure when I'm actually going to get to read it. Um, <laughs> I'm not Sherwood when I'm going to. So uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> so it's a uh, retelling of Robin Hood um, in which uh, Robin Hood dies uh, and a young maid, Marion, decides to take over and become uh, the new Robin Hood. Uh, in the story, her and Robin grow up together. So the loss is all the more devastating. Uh, and I'm really excited for this one. Um, it'll take me a while to get to it, though. Um, oh, and if you want more Robin Hood retellings, check out uh, The Forest Queen by Betsy Cornwell that came out uh, last year. Last year, I think, has that really lovely green cover. Um, it's another Robin Hood retelling that is uh, quite excellent. Hmm. I'm like, where do I want to go now? Um, you know what's interesting? I feel like there are a lot of Beauty and the Beast retellings in, in YA. <laughs> it's um, so funny you say that because when I was like doing a little research for the episode, I was you know typing in like YA retellings in the Goodreads, and there's like a page that's just Beauty and the Beast retellings on Goodreads, <laughs> and there's like 50 of them. There's so many. I wonder what makes that so appealing for oh, no. uh, YA authors to dig into. I guess, I guess it has a lot of the the common elements that we see in YA, and that there's you know a young protagonist. She meets this scary beast, and you know also loves books. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's the the enemies to friends to falling in love yeah. sort of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Something to chew on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I won't – well, we're going to talk about a Jane Austen retelling, but um, it's funny because there are so many Jane Austen retellings in YA, but, like, you and I don't – I think there's only one in our list that, that is going to be mentioned. Um, it's just – it's interesting to me, like, what does and doesn't find its way into sort of that retelling sphere. Mm. Um, and I went off on this tirade because my next one is one uh, that's really a unique – take on uh, an adaptation so uh preface i haven't read this book yet um but i want to and it's i claudia by mary mccoy um it was a prince honoree this year so i definitely want to read it Mm -hmm. um it's a riff on claudius like what (laughs) you know um and and fun fact for listeners who might not know this, I'm a I'm a nerd for Roman antiquity and history. So um this one is like up my alley and I can't wait to read it. I'm just gonna read the description, which I know nobody likes that, but I haven't read it, so I can't, you know, can't do better than this. And it's it's nice and short. Um disaffected amateur historian Claudia McCarthy has never expected to be in charge of Imperial Day Academy, but by accident designer scheme, she is pulled into the tumultuous and high profile world of the Senate and Honor Council. Suddenly, Claudia is wielding power over her fellow students that she never expected to have and isn't sure she wants. Claudia vows to use her power to help the school, but there are forces aligned against her. 
shocking scandals, tyrants waiting in the wings, and political dilemmas with no easy answer. As Claudia struggles to be a force for good in the universe, she wrestles with the question, does power inevitably corrupt? And that is I, Claudia by Mary McCoy. That sounds super good. Um, So I feel like we go to book jail if we talk about retellings and don't talk (laughs) about Cinder by Marissa Meyer. Um, Especially because I love these books so much, but everyone's Mm. read them, right? Everybody listening has read them. And if you haven't listened, okay, if you haven't read these books and you're the one listener that hasn't, um, so the Lunar Chronicles pull from a a whole number of fairy tales. uh, And you can probably tell... Uh, by the title in the first one, that Cinderella uh, is the first one. Uh, in these books, we meet Cinder, who is a cyborg mechanic uh, in a world where a plague is ravaging mankind and where a robot could potentially fall for a prince. Um, I love these books. They're so cute. They're so fun. Um, they're hilarious uh, as, as much as they are imaginative. Um, and while I wildly enjoy them, uh, I still haven't read the last book, the final one, Winter, because um, it's 800 pages. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that on the, the bookshelf, mm-hmm. Kelly, but like, I have. Yeah. Uh, like maybe when my son is off to college, I will figure out what happened at the end. I have only read the first one. Um, I love which it. I did too. Oh, yeah. I totally loved it. I don't know why I haven't read the others. I think because this does that series thing that I like where you don't have to read them. Mm-hmm. Back to back to back. So it's like I read the one and then didn't feel like I needed to immediately read the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I guess that's one of the loopholes in my need to read the series like <laughs> back to back um, is if they're not connected and I can read them one at a time. Sometimes I don't go back and read the the next ones, even though I like them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're the one listener who hasn't read them, you should. Oh, and, and speaking of Cinderella retellings, uh, everyone should read Ash by Melinda Lowe. The anniversary edition comes out. Uh, in like two months. Yeah. Can you believe it's been out for 10 years? I like know. that's Suddenly I felt old when I heard that. I did. I'm like, man, I read that when it first came out, you know? <laughs> and I wasn't a teenager then either. <laughs> <laughs> My next one is Blanca and Rosa. Roja, excuse me. I was going to say it in Spanish, and then I was like, okay, I've got it written in Spanish. I'm going to say it that way, and then I didn't even say it right at all. So we're going to try this again. It's Blanca y Roja by Anna Marie McLemore. Uh, It's a retelling that does a little bit of mashing up of both Snow White and Rose Red with Swan Lake. Uh, It's a unique twist on two familiar fairy tales infused with the lush magical realism that we've all come to know know Mecklemore for. It's a book about sisterly love, about the lengths that sisters go to show their love for one another, and it's about relationships which might come between them. But when the girls return to each other, it might not be in the same form that they anticipate that reuniting to come through. Um, it's got two Latina main characters and it digs into gender and into race about what it is and isn't to be passing and acceptable. And there's a fantastic uh, thread through here about uh, menstrual challenges that hasn't been brought up in a lot of the reviews I've seen, but um, really, really well done. Um, and if you haven't looked at this book's cover closely, you should. Um, it's really, really gorgeous, and it's super clever. And it took me a while to realize, spoiler alert, that it's two interti- intertwined swans and not just one. Uh, every time I looked at it, I just saw the one swan, oh. and I was like, oh, that's cool. But when you look at it, you're like, oh, it's intertwined swans, like the sisters, like the you know themes that go on throughout it. But anyway, uh, that's Blanca and Roja by Anna Marie McLemore. 
I I have all oh, right. I'm gonna have to look at my book on the bookshelf later. <laughs> uh, let's see. My next one is uh, Forest of a Thousand Lanterns by Julie C. Dow. Um, it's an East Asian fantasy reimagining of the Evil Queen legend. Uh, I've gotten re- around to reading the second book in the duology just yet, uh, but it's very high on my to be read queue. Um, so it is a finished series, Kelly. In case you haven't read, uh, dove into this one yet. Um, so it's about a teen girl who's destined to become the next empress of her kingdom, uh, but in order to do so, she has to embrace all the evil things that come with it. Uh, so yes, she is an anti-hero, and I love a good anti-hero uh, in a YA fantasy novel. Um, these books are, well, this book is super fun, uh, and I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, maybe maybe the evil queen wasn't as bad as we uh, we all thought, and that's in uh, A Force of a Thousand Lanterns uh, by Julie C. Dow. I'm a big fan of the anti-hero and evil queens yes. so much. Did you see we're getting a um a sequel to Maleficent? I know, later I this can't year? wait. Me either. Um, <laughs> sort of related. Um, this is another one I haven't read because it's not out yet, but it's coming out soon. Um, and it is Stepsister by Jennifer Donnelly. Um, I got to look at a sample of this one at the end of last year when the editor and I were at an event together. And so uh, it's, a take on Cinderella from the stepsister's point of view. And it's not like one of those light retellings. Uh, this goes dark. Like this is from the original version of Cinderella. Um, and it's a feminist retelling and revisioning. And while love is at the center of the story, there's a lot else going on too. Um, Donnelly has written so many YA books and she's written some romances too, I believe. Um, she's well known, well regarded. So I trust that this one is going to be really good. Um, it's out in May and I'll be waiting for it to show up. Um, and that is Stepsister by Jennifer Donnelly. Hmm. Okay. I haven't heard of that one yet. Um, let me see. Oh, I should bring up, uh, E.G. Howard's, uh, Splintered. Um, it's a really unique take on Alice in Wonderland where we meet the ancestor uh, of the real inspiration for Lewis Carroll's Alice, uh, Alice Little. Uh, as a result, her family is cursed. Uh, and there's a whole bundle of books in this series. The last one came out back in uh, 2015, so maybe sit down and read them all. Uh, and speaking of Alice, I'll bring up one more book that I probably mentioned way too much, uh, and that is <laughs> A Blade So Black by L.L. McKinney. It is so great. Hmm... I'm going to bring up one that you didn't bring up earlier that I was surprised you didn't bring up earlier Ooh. when we were talking about anthologies, but I'm going to go for it. Um, one I'm looking forward to out in September is His Hideous Heart, oh, edited yeah. by Dahlia Adler. Um, it's an anthology, not out yet, but um, it's a collection of retellings of Poe's classic stories, and the lineup of authors in this is incredible. Uh some of them are Steph Keen, uh, Kendari Blake, Lamar Giles, Amanda Lovelace, and so many more. And Stephanie Keen is doing a reworking of the Telltale Heart. Like, I can't wrap my head around how great that's going to be. Um, oh, yes. Right? So even just based on that, like, this is a book that is, like, in my wheelhouse, hits all my buttons. Like, it's horror, it's Edgar Allan Poe, it's, you know, retellings of these stories. So I'll be sitting here waiting for this one. Uh and that is His Hideous Heart, edited by Dahlia Adler. All right. I think I'll just list a couple that I know I talk about way too much on here. Um, that happen to be fairy tale retellings. I don't want to... Well, no, they're not really fairy... Whatever. They're, they're retellings. <laughs> um, and that's uh, Heart of Iron by Ashley Poston, which is Anastasia in Space. Uh, the Wrath of the Dawn by Renee Adi, which is inspired by A Thousand One Nights. Um, if you haven't checked that out, Dorothy Must Die uh, by Danielle Page, which is, uh, you know... 
Wizard of Oz uh, in a kind of dystopia Oz uh, are all really fun. Um, one I was going to mention, this is another one out this month that I haven't read. Um, I was doing a, a piece for Book Riot, putting together some upcoming books and ran across this one and just wanted to shout it out. Um, a Sky Without Stars. It's by Jessica Brody and Joelle, or sorry, Joanne Rendell, uh, out on the 26th. It's a science fiction retelling of Les Miserables, mm. which sounds incredible. Um, it's been years and years and years since I've read uh, Les Miserables, but I loved it when I did. And I can only imagine how cool it would be to see that story in space. I feel like if you add in space to anything, like you automatically just like grab my attention, one, and two, like you take it to a place that I know is going to be awesome. Nice. Now, yeah. who are some authors you would want to write retellings though. I feel like that's maybe a fun question. Like I was looking around my bookshelf and I was like, Oh man, I bet Emily XR pan would write something beautiful mm. and lush that would just like destroy us. Like she could rewrite Goldilocks and make it a 500 page novel of like heartbreak, you know, like I could, mm-hmm. I could see it happening. Um, or like a funny YA retelling, you know, like we don't really see many of those. Most of them no. are, you know, kind of sad or dark. Like, can you imagine like Amy Spaulding, like doing a YA fairy tale, re- like it would be perfect. Um, I'm going to talk about a funny retelling in the next segment, so I'll hold on to that to that little piece there. But um, something I've always wanted in um, YA is a series, like a whole series of adaptations um, of familiar ta- fairy tales uh, populated by characters of color, written by an author of color. Mm. Um, and this is something. We're getting something like that for middle grade um, from Cindy Menon. I just saw the the release from that um, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Why can't it be YA, though? Um, <laughs> so close, so close. I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, but that's really what I want, and I don't know if I have a specific author in mind, but I wonder if that's the sort of series that would do really well if a bunch of authors of color each wrote one. So we get like this whole nice collection of, of retellings by some of the leading voices and some of the new and emerging voices in YA. I think that would be a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. So do we jump into our, do we jump into our next sponsor here? Yeah, I think so. All right. So our next sponsor is uh, Chicken Girl uh, by Heather Smith. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Chicken Girl, a brand new gut punch of a novel by Heather Smith. After being fat shamed online, Poppy trades in her beloved vintage clothes for a feathered chicken costume and accepts a job <laughs> as an anonymous sign waver outside a restaurant. But she can't hide forever. There are other people that need her in her life, like Cam, her twin brother, who is adjusting to life as an openly gay teen, and Lewis, who is struggling to reach the final stages of his gender transition. Featuring an unforgettable cast of characters, Chicken Girl is perfect for fans of David R. Arnold and Jeff Zentner uh, available now. Oh my God, this sounds like reading uh, like Hot Dog Girl. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> just give me That's... give me all the books of like teenagers in costumes uh, <laughs> dealing with like real world complicated. Like, yes, I want to read them. <laughs> give me the next. Give what's the next one? Pizza Boy. I want to read that one. <laughs> a boy dressed up like a slice of pizza. Like yes. <laughs> what about what about the kid? What about the kid who has to dress up like a mattress to sell mattresses? Yeah, yes. I want to. <laughs> I want to read all these. The the Statue of Liberty costume to for taxes. Oh, for taxes. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Uh, or like the uh, mascot at um, you know a baseball game. 
Yeah. Whatever that dumbass <laughs> <Those> that is. <laughs> what about gritty? Can we bring gritty into this? I, I would absolutely read a gritty YA novel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, let's <laughs> let's talk about our next topic before we start writing the gritty YA novel. Yeah. Gritty as in the character, not as in gritty gritty, but maybe it could be both. Gritty the gritty novel. Oh, I'm all about it. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Um, Megan Megan Abbott would write that. That'd be it. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Uh, Let's talk about our spring TBRs. Like, what are you, what are you itching to read this spring? Oh, man. Uh, Why don't you start? Yeah, I have a nice little stack uh, piled up on my computer of of things to read when baby goes to bed. Um, First up is Ordinary Girls by Blair Thornburg. Um, So this one just got a star from Kirkus and comes out in June. Uh, And I've got an arc waiting for me, so it's definitely a spring read. Um, It's about two sisters who are wildly different and is a retelling. We can't get (laughs) away from them. Um, So it's inspired by Sense and Sensibility with two sisters who clash uh, as they're learning to navigate their lives around one another as their family uh, falls on very hard financial times. Um, yeah, it looks like a a sunny YA contemporary that uh, you know, deals with sisterly drama. Um, and I really love Blair's first book, um, Who's That Girl? So I'm excited to see what uh, she has written next. And that is uh, Ordinary Girls by Blair Thornburg. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this theme going. My first pick is The Boy Next Door, which is part of the Bookish Boyfriend series by Tiffany Schmidt. This is the second book um, in a super lighthearted and totally appropriate for a young YA reader series. Um, The premise in this one, or I guess the premise overall, is that the uh, boys beloved by the girls um, in books, so the boys that they find to be super appealing in books, suddenly come to life and uh, are a little bit different in real life than they are between the pages of a book. Um, So this one, the second volume, is a riff on Little Women, and it's told from the perspective of the sister from her first book, uh, Bookish Boyfriends. And it's about all I can really say about it. Um, I've had a, an arc sitting here for months, but this is just a fun, light series. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to dig in. And that is The Boy Next Door by Tiffany Schmidt. Uh, my next one is uh, Forward Me Back to You by Matali Perkins. Uh, this one comes out in April, uh, and I'm just going to read the blip from the book because I haven't gotten to dig into this yet. Uh, Katrina King is the reigning teen jiu-jitsu champion of Northern California, but she's having trouble fighting off the secrets of her past. Uh, Robin Thornton was adopted from an orphanage in Kolkata, India, and is reluctant to take on his future. Since he knows nothing about his past, how he's supposed to figure out what comes next? Uh, Robin and Kat meet in the most unlikely of places, a summer service trip to India to work with survivors of human trafficking. Uh, as bonds blossom between the travel mates, Robin and Kat discover the healing superpowers of friendship. Uh, I can't wait to read this. I love everything Perkins writes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is uh, Forward Me Back to You by Matali Perkins. Comes out in April. Sounds so good. My next one is With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. Um, I loved The Poet X, like the rest of the correct world last year, and um, so I'm really dying for her follow-up. This one is about a teen girl who got pregnant her freshman year of high school, and now, as she's entering her senior year, is forced to take uh, care of both her child and her abuela, and so she has to figure out what it is she wants to do next in her life. She loves to cook. 
but doesn't have the time to take classes for it. But when she begins cooking, she realizes that she just can't stop, that there's a real passion here for it. Um, I'm obsessed with these, uh, what I like to call, what do I do with my life books? So, <laughs> you know, teenagers that like senior year of high school, um, Brandy Colbert's Finding Yvonne is one that does this too. Um, and also weirdly about a teen who found a love for cooking. Um, and so I suspect that Acevedo's sophomore novel is one that's going to be totally satisfying and totally up my alley. And that is With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. All right. My next one is uh, Michelle Ruiz Keel's YA fantasy uh, debut that I'm really excited about. It's called All of Us with Wings. Um, I got to read a short story from this author in my agent life because she's in an anthology that I worked on. Uh, and I'm going to read the blip from this book uh, as well. Um, 17-year-old Zochi is alone in San Francisco, uh, running from her painful past, the mother who abandoned her, the man who betrayed her. Uh, then one day, she meets Paulus, a precocious 12-year-old who lives with her rock star family in one of the city's storybook Victorians. Um, she accepts a position as Pala's live-in governess and quickly finds her place in their household, which is relaxed and happy despite the band's larger-than-life fame. But the night of the vernal equinox, as a concert after party rages in the house below... Zochi and Pallas accidentally summon a pair of ancient creatures devoted what? to avenging the wrongs of Zochi's adolescence. She would do anything to preserve her new life, but with the creatures determined to exact vengeance on those who've hurt her, no one is safe, not even the family she's chosen or the one she's left behind. I'm so hyped to read this because it's... That sounds amazing. Yes, and I love like contemporary books that suddenly you're just reading and boom, here mm -hmm. is this fantasy. Like, yes, I can't wait. Oh man, that sounds amazing. Um, it has a really beautiful cover too. Oh yeah. My next pick is We Are the Perfect Girl by Ariel Kaplan, which is also a retelling. Um, this one's a riff on Serrano de Bergiac, and it follows two girls who are super different from one another, but who are eager to win the heart of the same boy, and they're using technology to do it. But what begins as a mistake then turns into this series of deceptions where the girls have to keep playing different roles while trying to get his attention. Um, this one came on my radar because I read uh, Kaplan's book last year uh, about college admissions, which surprisingly timely now. Um, but this one has a mental health thread throughout that I'm especially interested in. And I also know that this is one of those retellings that's going to be funny. Um, because Kaplan has a really good sense of humor in her writing. And so super looking forward to this one. Um, all her reviews have been great so far. And that is We Are the Perfect Girl by Ariel Kaplan. All right. Did you have any more? No, I think that's all. I think that's all I've got for mine. Do you have any others? Oh, I was just going to throw a couple more out. Um, I won't go and Yeah, list them. I have a feeling these are going to be on your list too. Is, <laughs> is You know. What I'm thinking, uh, the first one being Somewhere Only We Know by Maureen Goo. Oh, definitely. We're getting, yeah, we're getting a new Maureen Goo, and it's, uh looks like it's going to be just as charming and delightful as her previous books. Um, I've also got Sean David Hutchinson's memoir on my, to read, which is mm -hmm. called Brave Face, uh, about growing up with depression and being gay. And then finally, um, there's something about Sweetie by Sandy Menon who I brought her up earlier, but this is uh, another rom-com. And apparently spring is when I really like to read rom-coms. I was like looking at my um, reading logs from previous years. Like that's apparently what I'm in the mood for after a long winter of just 
long winter. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm super excited about this one in particular because the main female character is a fat uh, athlete, which is what I was in high school, and literally I never saw that. Um, so I'm I'm stoked about that, and it's a it's a companion to um, her first book when Dimple met Rishi, and that it follows Rishi's brother Ashish as he's looking for the right girl who uh, will please his exacting parents and himself. All right, lots to read this spring. So much, so much, so many retellings. I really like that we we managed to like bring that thread all the way through this episode yes, unintentionally. I'm all yeah, <laughs> unintentionally. It's almost like we're writers and we figured mm. out a way to, to do something smart without planning to do something smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, on that note, uh, thanks y'all for tuning in this week. Please leave any feedback you have about the show on Apple Podcasts. That lets us know how we're doing and it helps other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. And of course, you can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Twitter and on Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars. And you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. And we will talk to you all again in two weeks. <laughs>